0: Hey, this is Jeff Bond, and welcome to the Chat with Leaders podcast, where we amplify today's best examples of leaders who use their influence as a force for good. Today, I'm chatting with Dan Gordon, who's a remarkable operations and strategy executive with an incredible track record in Atlanta, Georgia, serving at high-level roles across companies such as The Home Depot, Arthur Blank's family office, City of Atlanta, and Emory University. He's currently serving as the executive director for and Consulting's office in Atlanta, Georgia, And perhaps even more importantly, he's incredibly active in giving back in this community through their nonprofit, JB and Cares, and has led in numerous boards, both in the non and for-profit sectors, where he's used his influence as a force for tremendous good. The impact Dan's had through his leadership, mentorship, and service in the community is hard to completely put into words. He's overseen multi-billion dollar budgets and overseen historic transactions that have been instrumental to the incredible growth of the city of Atlanta, for which he's earned prestigious awards such as the highest mayoral honor, the Phoenix Award, for his service. But suffice it to say that he's touched many lives and had a tremendous impact simply because he's living out his purpose to serve others. Even better, he leads with a great deal of humility, compassion, and commitment towards his family, team, and the community in which he serves. We chat about the numerous times he's shown up and said yes to an opportunity to lead, why serving on numerous boards committed to making a difference in the community became so important in his life, what questions leaders can be asking themselves that will help them determine what to show up and say yes to and his reflections on what it takes to successfully lead and have an impact on a board of directors in either non- or for-profit sectors. I hope you walk away from this chat with Dan as inspired as I did. Enjoy. Welcome to Chat with Leaders, Dan. Thanks. Great to be with you, Jeff. I am so excited to be with you. I'm so glad that Senior Reed put us in touch. And this is my second feature of a a remarkable leader within and Consulting. You guys just attract the best of the best over there, don't you?
1: We work hard at it, and senior is a great way to meet you, Jeff. He's a good friend and he's just so <laughs> active in the community, which is important to both of us.
0: Absolutely. Well, something that really struck me, Dan, is that you've had the experience of working with Arthur Blank for six years out of college, out of business school. You were the chief operating officer of City of Atlanta, the chief of staff, president of Emory University. Now you're on the senior leadership team at JBN as the executive director. But also, you've been a past board chair and current executive board member of Leadership Atlanta, board member at Families First, trustee for Outstanding Atlanta, and the list goes on. You've been a host of the Super Bowl committee, and it's just such amazing experiences. And you've said yes so many times. So I thought a really good conversation today would be showing up and saying yes. So I'm really excited to unpack that with you.
1: I've been very fortunate to work with some incredible people. And I say yes, typically for a few reasons. One is I like to help people and just really engage with the community where I live. But the second piece is who asks you <laughs> matters as well when you say yes, because they've been there for you or someone you really want to help and believe in what they're doing. And then of course, the other piece is because you can connect people and bring people together that otherwise may not have been able to be there without your relationships or their trust in you to help excite them. And Through that, I've been able to raise millions of dollars for nonprofits that I otherwise wouldn't anticipate just by connecting people and putting them in an environment where they might have something in common together.
0: It's great that you're such a community builder, and I couldn't agree with you more. And thinking about who you say yes to is important too, and how to exert your energy and use those resources of energy and time wisely as a leader in the community. So I guess the first question I had then, what was the first time that you remembered saying yes in your career that really started out this positive flywheel of momentum?
1: It's a great question. I think that some of my most formative decisions were actually made in high school. I moved here from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and went to the Lovett School here in Atlanta. And I made the decision to run for student body president. And at the time, I was nervous about not winning and going for something I'm not winning. But I said, I'm going to just take that risk because it's something I'd love to have the experience doing. I fortunately ended up winning and really just changed my perspective on just going for things that you believe in. Even if you don't get it, it's better to try and go after it and to not get it than it is to not try at all. So that was actually a fundamental learning during my teenage years for me. From a business standpoint, After working for Arthur at Home Depot for six years, as you mentioned, I also worked for him personally at the family office for six years. And we built a business from scratch that was later sold to a public company. But feeling like you're owning your first P&L in business from scratch and then doing your first lease, doing your first hiring decision, that was a very big developmental part of my career. And I am grateful for the trust he put in me, Jeff. But I will say that it doesn't mean that I had to be okay not knowing everything and just aligning the forces and doing good things from a good place of culture and values and good business sense. And things fortunately worked out really nicely. And we, we helped a lot of people, both patients and folks have great career paths. But you've got to be comfortable taking some calculated risk and figuring it out and asking questions and being humble. But don't make the same mistake twice. I read in the car the other day on a sign that said making the same mistake twice is a decision. So, making one mistake can actually be a healthy part of learning.
0: I couldn't agree with that more. And thinking back to your origins too, I grew up on the other side of the turnpike outside of Philadelphia. So, and my sister went to Pitt, and yeah. uh, and I know that there's a big faction of of yellow towel Pittsburgh Steeler fans down here in Atlanta. So, you being one of them, and I was wondering with your student body saying yes for the first time in high school, do you think had the circumstances changed, you would have had the same perspective? Or do you really think that that was the main impetus of understanding the power of yes?
1: Thank you, Jeff. That's a great question. I never thought about it that way. That really is a good one. Thinking about it, I think that I just got there faster. And then I was able to accelerate my momentum in college by doing a lot of things in, at Emory and then later in business. So I think it frankly just opened up my confidence and courage to take leadership positions and to be willing to, um, to lead those that you represent and really be a voice for those that are trusting in your leadership at a much earlier stage. And so for me, it was just more, it was accelerated, but I probably would have gotten there regardless if I didn't have that moment then. I also, had a, it's amazing how teachers can impact your life. There was a student advisor there that was very involved in, in me being comfortable running for that opportunity. I was also... Um, Again, being new to that school, it wasn't as common versus folks that had been there for a long time to to be in that role.
0: I think that's why it's so important always be an encourager in your life, particularly to the next generation of leaders, which I think is one of the most important responsibilities that servant leaders have is to realize that there is a, a finite period in which they will be holding positions and leading. We are temporary citizens on this earth. So if we have those moments of encouragement to the next generation to give them that confidence to forge ahead and, and to really step into their calling, then that can really make a huge difference.
1: I spend so much of my time mentoring now, because I felt so fortunate to be mentored by, frankly, several billionaires before the age of 30 that I got to work for, and then more after being um, well into my 30s. And now I'm in my 40s, of course, but I will just say that you have to give back along the way. Otherwise, you're really just not paying it forward in the way that you should. So I give as much as I possibly can in my time and other resources to make sure that others have those privileges that I had, you know, working with such great bosses and just inspiring people. But it was the expectation when you work for Mr. Blank, you're going to be an executive. You need to be involved. You need to be leading. You need to be developing careers and talent or you're just not the right fit for that organization. So it wasn't even a second thought because that was the expectation.
0: Well, that kind of leads me right into the next question that I have for you and perhaps even answers it. But why has being involved on numerous boards and serving in the community become such an important aspect of your life?
1: So I genuinely enjoy being very busy, but you learn a lot. I mean, I'm very intellectually curious. And the amount that I've learned by leading in the community and leading in the business sector or even when I was in the government is just so high. So I just really enjoy engaging people. I enjoy it. I think it's a good thing to do with my life. And I also, frankly, want to set a great example for my family. I have two children, and uh, I want them to see good civic engagement and good professional accomplishment as well so that they can continue that forward in their lives. And I'm pleased
0: to say they're doing great. <laughs> That's, I love that. Yeah, I just released an episode on stewardship to our children being the most important and the only unique leadership role that we have. And so modeling that behavior and showing them that example of how to build their lives and careers through so civic responsibility and social responsibility is, is really wonderful to see, particularly in fathers. I think, you know, just hard to heart, I'm a dad of three, you know, I always see that as, as an important role in my life. And so great to see other inspiring leaders like you doing that at home.
1: This episode is brought to you by Inspire EDU, a nonprofit organization putting technology devices into the hands of Atlanta's underserved communities. The need for technology devices has accelerated due to the pandemic, and Inspire EDU makes a positive difference helping marginalized learners. Through its partners and supporters like you, Inspire EDU helps learners become 21st-century scholars. Learn how you can support their mission at iuatl.org.
0: What questions do you think that leaders can be asking of themselves and others that will help them determine where to show up and what to say yes to?
1: So we help the JVN. We do a lot of management and technology consulting work, but we also do a lot of human capital management work. And that relates to change management. But we've been spending a lot of time on DEI, and i diversity inclusion work and equity, Uh, We've also spent a lot of time on community engagement work. And one of the questions when I was working with a lot of executives at a new company that moved here that were trying to connect their folks out in the community was, if you had $100 million today and we're running your own foundation, where would you choose, you and your partner, you and your spouse, et cetera, where would you choose to direct those funds? And think about your top two or three answers to those questions. And that should give you a little bit of a pulse on where you may want to connect to the community. Because sometimes we put too many constraints on ourselves, so let's take it from us. Decision point of opportunity, and then put the constraints on after versus the constraints at the beginning of the decision, because that will just inhibit your creativity. And so, that being said, you come up with your two or three areas. So, for me, it might be youth at risk, it might be healthcare, and I also care a lot about providing opportunities to underrepresented communities. And so, in short, to me, it's a matter of finding those areas where you could put your individual fingerprint on it. At this stage of my life, I don't really want to be at a place where 10 other people could do the same thing as me. I want to be at the table where either my relationships, my experiences, or others uh, will really directly benefit in a special way. Not to say that I'm not replaceable in any place that I work. Life will go on. But I do try to put my place in where I can really add a lot of energy, insights, connections, resources, or other things that make it feel like a really strong strategic fit versus just an average fit. So, I'm just highly intentional in that way. I hope that answered your questions, Jeff, but I'm glad to dig deeper if I can be helpful.
0: Well, I think it's such sage advice and such a great way to frame it because a lot of the times the first thing we'll ask people is, What is your purpose? What is your passion? And that's a hard question for some people to answer for whatever reason. But to say that money's not an issue and that you got a million dollars, you know, so think about where you would pour that into and what would you do if you just took out the lens of money from your decision making. And that's a great way to discover purpose. And I think that's a great way to be asking yourself, you know, if money weren't an issue or or what is my definition of success and how to apply purpose and passion in your life.
1: And to me, hopefully you always look at the quality of the people. I'm very intentional about being around ethical, driven, well-intended people. And so to me, I, I do not join organizations unless it's a turnaround where I see that I'm doing something that I align with, I'm happy to jump into those situations. But but I really do like to make sure I'm around excellent people. The challenge is less concerning to me than the quality of the people and the quality of the mission.
0: Yeah, so once you have that all lined up, you found the quality of the people, the mission, you've joined nonprofit boards. What have you learned that it takes to be successful and to feel fulfilled and like you're having an impact on those boards?
1: So I was talking to my team recently. I, I recently had the privilege of sliding into the role where I lead the Atlanta headquarters office. And I was sharing with my team, the number one thing that I like to do as a leader is to bring out the best in others. The number two thing is to set a vision and help line the resources environment to be successful in reaching that vision. And then, of course, there's some other things from there, but bringing out the best in others. So I've noticed in a lot of boardrooms, for-profit, but especially non-for-profit, that a lot of people just show up and say yes all the time, and they feel good about attending, and they feel good about the work that they're a part of. But when you're governing, you need to bring in Questions that will help the CEO think about the next steps and, and really ask strategic questions, not day-to-day management. That's the CEO's job. That's the difference between managing, managing and governing. A board member should be governing, not managing. And so in the boards that I've led, Jeff, I've been highly intentional to leave a discussion part there where everyone has a chance to really talk about an issue that could really positively affect the organization. It's not going to be a bunch of yes votes every single time where you show up and then leave. That's nice and that still gets things done, but that's not at our highest and best use as leaders. So I really like to bring in thought leadership, high level of engagement, and really make sure people feel involved. And frankly, that results in better retention of the board members too
0: undoubtedly i believe in that fully and i think that that's one of the most important responsibilities that any chair of any board really holds is to draw out participation and healthy debate you know within it as well I think a lot of the times board members get in there and they get frustrated by the voices that are the dominant ones and that they're just there as a rubber stamp. Yes, the approval, my vote, you know, it really doesn't matter because it's dominated by this group, but to have a great chair, this facilitating discussion and healthy debate and making it a safe environment for people to have opposing viewpoints and then to come to a consensus on how do we move forward or at least, you know, some sort of a compromise I think is such a gift and that facilitation is something that I think we need to teach leaders more of in today's world as to how to draw out and engage people. So is that something that came naturally to you or did facilitation, was that something that you were more intentional about learning and, and developing a I skill? Think in, the,
1: in the for-profit world, Jeff, I just noticed a lot of effort on making meetings effective. So when you're in a meeting with me, I'll typically start out with making sure we connect personally. I'll then make sure that we state the objectives of the meeting to make sure that, and does anyone want to change those objectives? I'll take that extra minute to save another 15 minutes later, and then we'll actually try to end a little bit early. We can't always do that. And people really appreciate that too, and they leave with a good feeling. So I noticed how much opportunity there was for efficiency. And then when I was in boardrooms, I was noticing that coupled with how important it is to have engagement when you're volunteering and you're not making money in why you're really volunteering. And for many people, they just are super engaged because that's their passion. But for other people, they really want need to feel that connection. And many folks were just put on there because their company was putting money into the organization and they had a board seat and they were the right executive to represent. So if I could make them connect instead of just showing up, coupled with the other group's passion, just so much more good can come of it from everyone. So it was a mixture of those experiences, Jeff, between the for-profit and non for profit that led me there. But now it's the reassurance of how valuable that leadership is time and time again, and even more significant nonprofits, some of the bigger ones in Atlanta that I'm just so honored to be a part of because the people on these groups and the missions are just fantastic. That just helps me realize how important it is to continue to share this message with others.
0: I think that's such an important skill. And I would encourage anybody that wants to become better as a leader in terms of facilitation and drawing out that kind of participation as a force for good amongst the board to reach out or to follow you or to learn from you, where would you direct them online if they wanted to follow your leadership, Dan, and what you're doing in the world?
1: Sure. Um, So I happen to use LinkedIn. I welcome anyone to connect with me. I'm kind of known to be someone that somehow finds time. (laughs) So um, I believe in the statement of give thing you need done soonest to the busiest person you know, but somehow they figured out a way to do it. So I really do get back to folks. And so uh, LinkedIn's a great way to connect with me. My email is uh, dan.bordengordion at jabian.com at work. But LinkedIn's again a great way to find me. And I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. I really enjoy connecting on a one-on-one basis and of course, enjoy leading groups. But on these types of topics, one-on-one is really nice to really understand someone and see if there's ways to help them in their professional or their civic uh, journeys.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And it was such a gift to talk to you. Speaking of time, I'm so grateful for your time. And we'll be posting all those resources on our show notes on chatwithleaders.com and certainly promoting it with the episode. Dan, thank you again for being with me today. As I said before, such a gift of time and and so inspiring. And I hope that it makes a difference in a lot of leaders' lives.
1: Jeff, thank you for what you're doing. I'm a big fan of you and your podcast. And anytime I can be helpful, please let me know. But think the world of you. It's great to be your guest today. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, this is Jeff Bond. And thank you so much for investing your time with us today. We'd be thrilled for you to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please also visit our LinkedIn page to join our leadership community by clicking follow. We're grateful for your engagement and for sharing the inspiration coming from our guests so we can add value to aspiring leaders in your network. Have a remarkable week and go be a leader worth following.